worship your holy name, God, in a whole new year, God. We're praying, Lord, that you would have your way today, Father God, and let this be, Lord God, the start of an awesome year, God, the start of a year, God, that we could spend with you, God, that we would take, uh, go into new depths, Lord God, and heights, Lord God, in you, God, to see you for who you are, Lord. God, I pray that you would have your way today, God. Use me, Lord God, as a vessel, Lord God, to preach your word, Lord God, with clarity, Lord. Have your way in the hearts of all of us, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Praise God, man. All right, so as you guys see up here, his great love. This is a series that we've been in since 2015, right, going into 2016 now, hallelujah. And the sermon's called Meets You Where You Are. So let's say that one time. His great love. There you go, man. Good, good, good. So basically, man, we're talking about love. And I was thinking about this message. Ellie went in a, in a, in a um, t- uh, message me yesterday. He said, man, if, can you go on ahead and be a backup, you know, just in case I don't make it on time. And I said, hey, you know, whatever it is, you know, guys, will be done. And then uh, he allowed me to preach today to the glory of God, man. And when I started thinking about this, uh, this sermon and just, just about the fact or the series, just about the fact of what love is, right? And three questions automatically hit my heart when I even said just trying to think about love. And those three questions was, what is love? That's the first one. What is love? And I want to ask you guys, what is love? Anybody? Jesus, right? What else? What is love? Anybody else? What? Love is patient. Okay, anybody else? Kind. Come on, somebody. Anybody else want to throw out some? Now we got about three, four people at one time. Doesn't boast. Hallelujah, right? So I'm here in 1 Corinthians 13, right? So then the next one, right, is how does true love look like? Anybody? How does it look like? Christ, right? We got all our spiritual people in the house, right? All our church folks, Christian brothers and sisters, talking about 1 Corinthians, right? What you got, Julian? Jesus giving his life to the cross, right? We got a lot of spiritual things going on, right? Selfless, right? And these are all good things. I'm not trying to knock, you know, the church and, and all of us Christian brothers here and stuff and sisters, you know. But when I think about these two questions, right, as we, I heard 1 Corinthians 13, uh, you know, in the, in the audience and stuff. And we think, okay, what is love? And automatically as Christians, we think about, boom, 1 Corinthians 13, right? And we can list those things probably by heart, and we can go for them. And we know them, right, off the top of our head. We know them. But do we really know them, right, with our hearts? Do we really, really know what love is? Or how does true love look like? See, because we still live in a world that is defective. We still live in a world that brings everything down and just kind of adulterates uh, words and things, especially when they are connected with God Almighty, especially love. See, this day and age, when you ask somebody, hey, what is love? They'll say, man, well, you know, dude coming in the house, or whatever, we're living together and we're doing the thing. That's just love. No, it's not. Right? And we ask, okay, well, what does love look like? Some will say, well, my dog at home, pit bull, German shepherd, right? What else is love? Well, my car. My iPhone, Android, right, Samsung, whatever the case may be. Well, how does it look like? Well, it looks like it's a brunette, you know what I mean, a brown hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know what I mean, right? And some of us want to talk about body parts. I'm not going to go there today, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And we think, okay, that's how love looks like, right? Because this is how the world has distorted the word love. And they say, and they give a picture to love, and they'll put a slice of pizza on there from Chicago, Right? And then they'll put it in competition with New York, and all of a sudden, yes, yeah, so love is New York, or love is Chicago, and we think that is love, but it's not love. 
right? We think it's, it's labeled to a, a material or something like that. Man, Joe, if I can just get that car, right? If I can just get that Bugatti or something, where's Julian? Boom, right? Fast cars, you know what I mean? Man, if I can just get that girl right there, man, she looks like love. She looks like she'll love me like whoa, right? Or he'll love me like whoa. And the thing, we have all these ideas on what is love, right? We have all these ideas on what love looks like, but none of them, according to the world's standards, is love, describes love, or can point to love. None of it. Let alone to the third question that really is going to be uh, the, 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 the conti- continuity of the whole sermon, right, that, that's going through it. This last question is, how do you respond to true love? See, and that's the question for 2016. How do we respond to true love? See, but first you got to know what is love, right? Then you got to know how does love look like in order to respond to true love. If we can go on ahead and um, open up our Bibles to 1 John 4, 19. Very small verse, a verse we probably just read and jump right over and keep going, especially in 1 John, which 1 John is a, is a book of love, right? Same John that wrote the Gospel of John, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved, and goes on from there, right? But in this scripture, if you guys there, say amen. Boom, right? We got some smartphones that are actually acting smart. Hallelujah for that. Uh, 1 John 4, 19. And the word of God says, we love because he first loved us. Very short verse. We love because he first loved us. See, the thing with me when I read the Bible, I tend to look at the order of things. I tend to look at certain words. Why is this word here and not over here? Why is this sequence like this and it's not like this? Why is this going up and this going down? I just tend to ask these kind of questions. And when I see this verse like this, it's a sequence. There's an order to what this verse is saying. We love because he first loved us. And see, there's a sequence there, but the thing is, we tend to take the the beginning one and skip the second one. And we say, okay, we love Jesus, and then that's it. But then the second part, which actually should be the first part, is the fact that Jesus loved us first. But we miss that part. We don't think about that part. But we say that we love Jesus. But do we really? See, because according to this one little verse, we love because he first loved us. So then the question then becomes, do, do we or have we allowed Jesus to first love us? See, in order for us to appreciate this title in this series, His Great Love, we first need to know what is love, too, right? What is or how does love look like? And the last but not least, which is the most important, how do we respond to true love? How can we love a God, right, if we have not allowed the God of love to love us first? If we don't allow God to love us first, then you have to ask your question, is your love really genuine? Is your love of God or is it of the world? See, because there's a difference. We know that God is love, right? So if we allow God to love us first, then we're able to love him in return with the same love that he loved us with. Do you guys get this? I want us to open up our Bibles to Luke 5, 1-11. And although in these, in these verses right here, right, these 11 verses, you will not see the word love one time, but yet you will see love all in these verses, all in them. We're not going to have them up. This is the only slide we're going to see. 
And when you guys there, say amen. This is what the Bible says. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were, wishing their, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught, and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they sing, signaled their parents, I'm sorry, their partners in other boat, in other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Such an awesome, can you open this for me? Such an awesome story. I mean, even just hearing that, it's like, man, Jesus did an awesome thing here, right? But see, again, I like the sequence of words. So when I started reading this, Sorry. When I started reading this, here it says, right, in the beginning, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats, and then he went from there, right? They were washing their nets. You see right here, Jesus Christ is standing up, and he's standing, teaching the people around him. Before that, in chapter 4, we read on one of my titles, it says, Jesus, right, was preaching with authority. He started casting out demons, healing the sick, and doing all this other miraculous stuff. Even before that, uh, coming to the end of chapter 4, he even heals uh, Peter, Simon, who is Peter, right, his mother-in-law from a fever. Then he cast out demons or whatever who were screaming out or shouting out Jesus, uh, shouting out the fact that Jesus was the son of God. And Jesus began to cast them out. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So the thing is here, what I want us to see is the fact of Luke, who was a doctor, who is really specific and detailed in his writing, starts off chapter 5 by saying, one day as Jesus was standing. Everybody say standing. See, when you look at somebody standing, especially in that time and day, you see Jesus, who was preaching with authority and giving the word of God. They respect and honor the word of God. And they respect and honored, right, the one who was an authority. So in this sense, as Jesus Christ is standing or whatever, they recognize him as a man of authority. And they respect him as such. See, but the thing is, something then changed. Something happened with Jesus. He wasn't okay with that. And see, the reason why he wasn't okay with that, because him standing up represented him as a man of authority. See, and Jesus is okay with authority. There's nothing wrong because Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? He is the son of God who took away the sins of the world. He did all that. So authority is attributed to Jesus Christ. But see, Jesus, how many guys know that when, when there's something written in the Bible, it's not written for nothing. It's written for a purpose. And see, the thing is, Jesus was trying to tell us as well as he was trying to tell these people, I'm not that kind of man. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a Sadducee. I'm not one of these religious people that you're looking at me like I'm supposed to be. No, he changed the game. 
See, so with him, one standing, they're looking at him with authority. And the problem with that is some people inside this church, instead of coming to God, realizing that he is love and letting him love you in return so that you can love him in return, we came to God only focusing on the fact that God was one who was of authority. And, the re- and what happens is that when we come to Jesus with only that perspective that he is authoritative, which is true, he is. But when you leave out the love part, See, everything changes then, just like with these people. If you don't come to God knowing that he is love, you would then just become another Pharisee, another person doing religious things because they're mandated to do it by somebody in authority. See, with my kids, when I go tell them to do something, right, they're stomping to do it, right? They're not going to rebel because I'm a man of authority. I'm their father, right? But they're not doing it in love. So they stomp on their way to do it. Right? As they're doing a chore or whatever, they got facial expressions, huffing and puffing or whatever, right? So it's no longer with a good attitude. And the reason why, because they're doing it with wrong motives. They're doing it because somebody in authority told them to do it. See, some of us are in church today because the man in authority, God Almighty, commands us, right, to not uh, stop assembling together with the church, right, according to our Hebrews, right? A lot of us start doing things and even try to love our neighbor because we have been commanded to love our neighbor. But do we do it from the position that God is love? Or do we do it from the position that God is a man of authority? Two difference. And see, with Jesus, he wasn't having that because he knew who he was. And I'm going to tell you, Jojo, come up here. Sit down right here. Face this way, right? So when I'm talking, preaching right now, as you guys and probably these guys here are doing, you guys, are eyes are all gazing like, don't. Just listen, right? Because you probably think I'm going to hit you with the mic or something. Shut up. Something crazy, right? But you respect the one in authority holding the mic, right? Same thing with my son. It's my son. Pretend he was just one of those Jews, kids back in the days, right? Me standing up and preaching. You down there, right? You're watching me as I stand up. How do you feel with me and you? Like uh, you're a teacher, a leader? A leader, right? And that's how they were looking at Jesus. See, Jesus was standing up. And preaching to them. So they're looking at him as one who sits high or stands high and looks low. They're giving him all the authority. But see, something happens because God couldn't have that. He didn't come to earth to be that kind of person. He came to earth to show people God Almighty and his love, that he is love. That he is love in person, in bodily form. And if we don't receive him in love, then we cannot receive him at all, let alone respond to true love. Because we're so busy looking up to God, right? When God is like, no, I don't want you to just look up to me. I want you to do something else. And look what happens. Jesus, right, they're talking about, he saw the water's edge, two boats. They left there uh, by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down. Everybody say, sat down. And taught the people from the boat. Why? Was Jesus tired? All they did was walk around back in the days. He started his ministry uh, at 30 years old. This man was a healthy man doing his thing. Man, he was not even, he wasn't even sweating. This was probably just a stress for him. He was like, look, I'm here. This is what I do every day. Don't play. Like, I stand, teach everybody all day. Like, that's what they did. But see, Jesus in the word of God says that he sat down. Why? Why did he sit down? I'll tell you why. Because when a man of a teacher of his stature sits down, Right? She just changes everything now. He's no longer looking up to me as one in authority. And actually, now, how, how do you feel now? Like you're a friend. 
like I can like having a like a relationship. Yeah. Right out of the mouth of babes. He said a friend and having a relationship. The authority figure and him looking up to me was taken away by me sitting down. See, Jesus Christ was standing up and he began to look around. He saw these boats and he's looking at the people like, man, they're looking up to me like I'm a Pharisee. They're looking up to me like I'm one of authority, but I cannot have them look at me like that right now because they need to approach me as who I am, love. See, his love, his authority is grounded in his love. Him be the king of kings and the Lord of lords is grounded in love. Him be the, the one who's going to come back and judge the world is all in love. Everything about God comes from love. It's a foundation. And so what happened was he ended up sitting down and talking to the people to show the people that I can meet you where you're at. See, a lot of us in here, we only come to God because he's an authority figure and we know he can take us to hell. So what happens is that we come to him with that response and we're not responding to love. We're actually responding to authority. And because you respond to authority, you begin to do a lot of religious things. You even try to love your neighbor religiously. But see, that only goes so far. Because after a minute, when your leader says, do this, and you begin to get frustrated, you can check your heart and know you're not walking in love. When they say you need to be in church two extra hours, and that frustrates you, you know you're not operating in love. But yet you still do it because it's somebody in authority. What is Jesus saying, Steve? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that we need to check our relationship with God, and if we truly are accepting his great love and responding to true love, or have we only came to God because he's one of authority? See, and that changes everything. The Bible goes on to say is that he went on ahead, and when he had, you can, you can sit down, bro. Everybody get up for JoJo. All right? So the thing is, he sat down, right, and taught the people from there. This all means something. He's now coming to your level, right, and standing eye level, right, with Alyssa and, uh, I forgot your name. And Ashy, right? And now he's on level. And the same thing with us. See, Jesus Christ was God already. He came to earth as a redeemer to redeem the world. And just the same way he came from sitting high and looking low to come low to earth, he did the same thing, and he did it out of love. See, but he doesn't just stop there, though. He keeps going, and he goes into your life, and he looks at you straight into the eye, eye to eye, not standing up lording over you, but he goes down and he says, I understand what you're going through. I understand that 2015 was a bad year for you. I understand that you grew up and you were raped. I understand that you were molested. I understand that you were poor. I understand what you went through in your child life, and I'm willing to meet you where you're at and tell you, I love you. Not so you can just look up to me as I'm standing up here with authority. No, but I'm willing to sit down with you eye to eye and tell you, I love you. And I'm willing to meet you where you are. See, but even with that, there's people that come into our church even today. And we show people that love. And we try to hug them or whatever. You see Pastor Early coming and he's hugging people and all of a sudden looking at him like he's weird like, is this for real? Like, why are these people hugging me? Why are these people loving? How many know what I'm talking about? Right? Why are they loving me? Are they for real here or they just want something? Because the world distorted love so much that they think when somebody's trying to love on them, they're trying to come up on them, right? They're trying to get something from them. 
does he want more tithes? Like, dude, watch yourself. You know what I mean? Like, right? Some people think, oh, they want my hair because he, he needs hair. He wants our hair. No. We're trying to show you love, but the thing is, you don't understand the love, so you reject the love because you're not familiar with this kind of love. You're only familiar with the, dis- the distorted version of love that the world gives you, right? The give or take love, right? And we're not familiar with that stuff. But Jesus came not to stand above you and lord it over you. He came to meet you where you're at, to sit down next to you and say, I love you. Let me love you so you can love me in return. I am not like your dad on earth. I am not like the mother who abandoned you. I'm not like the brother who put his hands on you. I'm not like this person who hurts you. I am God. I am love. And we push him away, though. And for many of us, we don't want to accept the love because we're afraid of the love, so we'll respond to God by his authority, only becoming religious bigots or something in this world. And it only lasts for so long because eventually you get tired of it. Let's go on. After that, Simon, same Simon, right, who, uh, who, who had his uh, mother-in-law healed, answered. He said, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus said, go out, Simon, put out to the deep water and let down the nets for a cat. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and, caught, and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, right, you guys know what happened. They filled the boats and had to get another boat to help out. Why did Jesus do that? Was it just because he can? Did he do it for nothing? No. He did it to show Simon, the same Simon in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, who said, I will follow you, who dropped his nets and said, I will follow you. But, let, but yet in Luke, chapter 5, he's still fishing. He's still working. Do you guys follow me? The reason why in Matthew, which is another account or whatever, trying to talk about one that led to this one, where Peter said, I'll follow you, but he never did. He never fully did, right? He never fully dropped everything and followed after Jesus. The reason why, because he's seen an authority figure walking around, casting out demons and doing these things. And when he said, follow me, what do you do when authority tells follow you or follow them? What do you do? You follow them. See, but Jesus wasn't having it, though, because he knew who Peter was going to be. So in Luke, right, how Luke describes it, in this scenario, Jesus had to go the extra mile. See, I believe that Peter went back because he was like, look, I got bills to pay. I got to eat some food. My family won't eat if I don't do this. So I need to, I see what you're doing, Jesus, right? Teacher, master, whatever, right? Right? He says master, right? I see what you're doing, right? Authority figure. And I'll follow you. But I still want to do me. You see what happens when you respond only to the authoritative uh, 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 character of, of Jesus? You'll follow him, but you still want to do you. So Jesus had to show him something. And he said, go out again. He said, man, I've been fishing all night, man. I've been, I've been doing this all night. For, you know, for us, we'd be like, look, I ain't doing that. Forget you. I did this. I tried. I'm going this way. But he said, you know what? Only because you said so, master, I would do it. And right there and then, he put, his, he put his nets out and caught all these fish so much that his boat began to sink. And he had to catch, he had to call another boat to help them out. And look what happens after that. When Simon Peter saw, everybody say, saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. See, something happens when you see God for who he really is, love. 
And when you realize that God not only cares about your salvation and your spiritual life, but that God cares about you as a person. God cares about your employment or the lack thereof. God cares about the fact that you can pay your rent or not. God cares about the fact that your heart got broken and that you feel pain. And God is willing to meet you where you're at and say, child, I care about you. I care about your finances, and I'm willing to meet you where you're at with my love. And I love you. And see, he had to show Simon Peter that. And right after that, Simon Peter's result and result or reaction was, Lord, get away from me. He went from master to now calling him Lord. And he said, get away from me because I'm a sinful man. When you recognize Jesus Christ for who he is in love and allow him to love you, you will recognize how sinful and insignificant you really are. But see, he doesn't stop there, though. Because after that, he says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. He gave him a future. He gave him purpose. Not only that, he forgave him of his sins. And see, something happens when you find real love. Something happens when you see Jesus for who he really is. You begin to repent. You begin to drop everything. You begin to be clear with God now. And you start saying things like, I'm not worthy of you. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus responds in love and says, but I forgive you. And not only do I forgive you, but you don't have to be afraid anymore. Because now I'm going to give you a purpose. He showed him love. If we could all stand. He showed him genuine love. And see, we have people here that only came to God because God was an authority figure with the ability to cast you into hell or not. And we miss the real essence of God Almighty. We miss the fact that we could only love God by first allowing him to love you. And then to even go further from there, we could only love our neighbor when we first start loving God from the position of how we're being loved by God. And that is what it's about, family. See, in 2016, God is tired of you just looking at him as some authority figure. He didn't come just to be an authority figure. He came to be our father. He came to be our brother. He came to take all our sins upon himself and die on a cross and then resurrect the third day just to tell us, I love you beyond the grave. See, I love you more than anybody can love you in this world or even out of this world. I love you beyond the grave that I would die for you, resurrect for you, and then tell you you have everlasting life in and through me and then love you through it. That is the God we serve. That is his great love. See, after that, Simon Peter said, it says that so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. See, before he dropped his nets and then followed Jesus, in this, in this account, in this gospel, it says he left everything and followed after Jesus. Why does that matter? It's because the love of Jesus changes your life. So it's not a matter of, man, I had to do this. It's a matter of, I want to drop everything and follow Jesus now. Because he just showed me how much he loves me. Not just to save my life spiritually, but to even provide. See, Peter said, because you said so, I will do it. And God is saying, I have said a lot of things. I have made a lot of promises. 
And all you have to do is let me meet you where you're at. And let me show you that I can do it. Let me show you my love for you. His love can be gained. His love can be earned. It's just freely given to all of us. And I want you guys, if I can get my leaders up here, I just want to ask you guys a question. And it says, have you allowed Jesus to meet you where you are? And have you accepted his great love in order that you may love him with the same great love that he has loved you with? See, you may think that you know what love is. You may think that you know what love looks like. But you've seen the real love. Do you know how to respond to him? And that's what Jesus wants to see. He's no longer standing above you as you thought he was. He was never standing above you, trying to lord it over you. He came into this world in love to sit down right in front of you and tell you, I love you. I love you right where you're at. I love you. Yeah, oh, I'm a sin. I'm a sinful man, God. I'm a sinful man. Get away from me. And he's still saying, I still love you, though. God, but you don't know what kind of sin I did this week or in 2015. I still love you, though. If you would just respond and let me love you where you're at, I can take you places. I can make you a fisher of men. I can give you a hope and a future. If you would just let me love you. And that is a question with all eyes closed and bowed heads. Will you let God love you in 2016? Will you let him love you for who you are and who he created you to be and who he desires you to be? Will you let him love you right where you're at? Whatever your economic situation is, whatever your financial situation is, whatever how many, how many friends you got or don't have on Facebook, it don't matter. Jesus wants to love you where you're at. Will you let him? Will you accept his invitation and allow him? The Bible says if he knocks at the door, if he would open it up, he would come in and he would have dinner with you. He would sit down at your dinner table and begin to have a relationship with you. The question is, would you let him in? Let him into your heart. Stop coming to Jesus because he's an authority figure and he's, he's God Almighty. Yes, he is, and he is an authority figure. But all that is founded on love. Come to God for who he is and let him love you first and watch how it's so easy to love him in return in obedience and repentance. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this place, God, that people would begin to come to you, Lord God, not because you can throw them into hell, not because you have all authority in your hand, but, God, because you love, God, and because you love us, God, in such a way, God, that you don't just stand above us having us look up to you, God. You make yourself eye level with us, God. You relate to us, God. You were tempted just the way we were tempted, God. You were persecuted, abused, beat up for us, God. You understand our pain, Lord God. You understand everything that we're going through, God. And you choose to sit across from us and to love us, God. And you love us right where we're at, God. That is how great your love is, God. And I just pray, God, that your love will be tangible in this place, God, in the name of Jesus, God. That people will begin to feel your love, God. Your love in their heart.
we respond, God. We're laying down everything at your feet to follow after you, God. God, have your way in this place, God. Be exalted, Lord. And in 2016, God, let us, Lord God, let us experience your love, God. Let us experience you through your love, God. Father, have your way, God, in the name of Jesus. And whoever needs prayer, man, the altars are open. Let the leaders pray for you. Let them intercede for you, whoever you are. And let God's love inside of you. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you for 2016, God, and allowing us to make it to this year, God.